This week on Erotic Awakening, Slaves That Disobey, Subs versus Slaves, and your favorite quickie. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and all things Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. We enjoy creating and recording these podcasts, and we hope you enjoy listening to them. When you become our patron, it gives us a chance to apply more energy towards creating. For as little as a dollar a month, you can not only support the podcast, but get access to special content. Head over to patreon.com slash eroticawakening to take a look at options. And regardless, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about, is it ever acceptable for a slave to disobey? And, the, and our, that's our question of the day. And our topic of the day is subs versus slaves. So we shall see if those intertwine. We also have more sex questions, actually pretty good ones. Awesome. And some sad news as well. But let's start Ooh. off with the question of the day. Actually, let's start off with why are you yawning so much? Because we had a party. I didn't get to sleep till like 2 o'clock this morning. There was a party at the space last night. So. And how can you tell it was a good party? At 2 o'clock, we were still kind of awake and jazzed. We and were awake and jazzed, and that's kind of unusual, but uh, I did fall asleep. We should have accepted the... And if the, the cat tried to wake us up again, I was not aware. I don't think the cat came to bed last night the with us. The cat came back. <laughs> but uh, it, we should have taken up the post-event... Let's go to Waffle House. I would have felt awake enough to do that, but yeah. then we'd really be dragging today. I always regret not doing it, so the whole after-party thing. We'll do it once, and then we'll remember why we don't do it, because we're old. Because we're old, and we need our sleep. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Dawn, our question of the day goes like this, uh, and it is quite literally, is it ever acceptable for a slave to disobey? Besides, go get a tattoo of my dick on your face or something equally absurd. But I'll even put that out there. Is it ever okay for a slave? In, and again, in, in this context, we're talking about a 24-7 power exchange relationship that's been negotiated, right? Mm -hmm. um, is it ever acceptable for a slave to disobey? I can only think of, and when you ask this question, something popped directly into my head. I can only think of one time... One of uh, scenario? scenario, that's a mm -hmm. good word, where I would disobey. Okay. So um, I can remember a couple where she was a slave, mm -hmm. he was the master, he was having medical distress, she wanted to call the ambulance, mm -hmm. he said no, mm -hmm. so she didn't, and he died. Yeah. And for me, I'm like... Oh, after hearing that story, I think I would disobey mm -hmm. and take the punishment because maybe you would be around to punish me later. And that's the only scenario I can think of in my head where I would disobey. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure there's other real life examples. I just can't think of what they would be. You know, because in reality, I want to trust you so much that whatever you tell me to do, I want it to be viable and not harmful to me. Right. So would I disobey you if I think you went crazy? Yeah, probably. So mm -hmm. that would probably affect our power exchange a little bit. Sure. You know, or something like that. But I did have this conversation with a girl in Texas 
um, when I was judging for International Master Slave. And she's like, you know, my friends just don't understand. You know, I want to obey so, someone so much that if he told me to jump off a cliff, I would, knowing he only had my best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, I feel you. I totally understand that. She goes, but my friends don't understand. They think, uh, you know, that... that it, that I shouldn't believe that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I get it. If my master told me to jump off a cliff, I should jump off a cliff, you know? There could be a lion after me, and I don't (laughs) know about it. And he doesn't have time to say, oh, slave, by the way, I would like for you to go take this direction because you have a beast chasing Mm -hmm. you, you know? Instead, he should just be able to say, jump, and I jump. That's the type of relationship that I want. Right. And, um, And with that in mind, would I disobey you? Or is it okay for a slave to disobey? And and keep in mind, so here's the difference in that question is, mm-hmm. is it ever acceptable for a slave to disobey? So my view is that my job is not to, my first and primary job is that you trust me. Mm-hmm. Not that I'll, that you blindly follow any order, but that regardless that, whether you follow a particular order or not, I'm not going to just, oh, hey, slave, go get me a peanut butter sandwich. No, sir. Okay, relationship's over. Right. Right. That the relationship is not dependent on any single command. So I don't care if a slave disobeys me. If you were to disobey me about something, I would punish you and we would move on with our lives. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. If... You continuously disobeyed me, especially about the same damn thing, then there's something that would cause me to question the relationship and the vidil the doubt how valid the power exchange part is, right? Mm, yep, I can see that. So if I gave you a a order to go get a tattoo of my dick on your face, and you said no, sir, then I would punish you. And I would move on with our lives, mm-hmm. right? If I gave you an order to, so for example, um, you didn't have to jump off a cliff, but you did have to walk out into a room with no top on. Oh yeah, that was I, the I order, did right? That time, didn't I? <laughs> and I punished you, and we moved on. And yeah. later, but we also stepped back, and I, I got, I gave you understanding of why the order was important to me mm-hmm. in that scenario. Mm-hmm. And I gave you the same order again, and I expected you to do it that time. So I don't think that when we enter a power exchange relationship, I'm not a fan of a slave must blindly obey all orders from a master. I think that a slave should develop faith and trust in a master and follow orders because of faith and trust. And be willing to accept the consequences if you mm. choose not to follow an order. Because I don't want a slave that's necess- that's codependent on me or that's mindless, right? All- and let's face it, even when you don't hesitate when you follow an order from me, you're still making the decision to follow the order or you're making the decision to trust. You're Either way, I am not in control of your actions. I'm just telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. So it's completely acceptable for a slave to disobey the slave has to question why they're disobeying. What is the value in disobeying? What's the value in having a power exchange relationship if you're going to choose to not exchange power? You know? Um, and I will say that most 
looking back, most slaves that I've had have not chosen to disobey. It's There's an intrinsic thing about a slave that they want to obey, right? Right. Uh, but, you know, at the relationship that you and I are currently at, if I, if I said, slave, come here, I'm going to cut your hair, mm-hmm. I would expect you to come here and get your hair cut. Right. Um, or whatever outlandish, you know. But we also have an understanding of each other that you know I'm not going to give you an order to go get a tattoo of a dick on your face or any tat. You wouldn't. I don't. Probably no tattoo whatsoever. Yeah. You know, I I can't picture a a scenario where I would order you to get a tattoo. That just doesn't feel valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's probably not the scary shit anyway. The scary shit I order you to do is go become a clergy and go walk into a room naked or go take a go sign up for college that kind of shit that's yeah. the fucked up shit i do to you right right oh the whole growth stuff yeah, yeah that's the fucked up shit no i just wrote down the the same thing too willing to take the punishment so that's a big one mm-hmm. so you have to be willing to take a punishment and like you said question why you were disobeying mm-hmm. so um but that also rolls into the question of submissive versus slave that we're going to talk about as well well hold on to that for okay. just a moment because People don't have time to listen to that. They're off <laughs> at the contact form of the webpage, eroticawakening.com. There they are finding ways to contact us, ways to say thank you, where we will be presenting, past podcast episodes, link to newsletters, and all kinds of other stuff. So, and Or they can follow us on FetLife, where we are the owners of the FET group, Erotic Awakening. So before we get into subs versus slaves, Dawn, I have three more of the 50 dirty sex questions. Okay. That will turn I haven't looked at them yet. everybody on okay. and want everybody right. to have sex. You haven't looked at them for a change? I have not looked nice. at them for a change. So. Number one, have you ever had sex with someone whose name you never knew? Never knew? Yep. Yes. Yes, I even know who you've had sex with. With, uh, I believe it was a uh, attempt at a double penetration scene at a swing club. It was, it was. One and of them. One of them. <laughs> so, yeah, I never knew his name. And then there were... Two more that night that there was an attempt. So I didn't yeah. there. Not not an attempt for a DP, but uh-huh. just time at the swing club. So I didn't know their names either. You had four guys one night? Yeah. I didn't know that. I think you did. I would no, have I don't that think so. The double penetration was the big story coming out of that. You and buried the lead. I think it was the, the same night. I think it was the same night. Holy cow. Yeah. And then me and, and the boyfriend kind of walked away from it going... Yeah, you know, that wasn't as hot and fulfilling as we thought it would be. So, yeah. yeah so yeah, it's it worth, it's trying. That's yeah. interesting. I was not aware of that. Uh, okay, I'll tell you details later. I thought okay. I'd shared it with you. Um, I have not had sex with someone whose name I never knew. Oh, did to you my end knowledge. up finding out later? Who are you thinking of? <laughs> no, I'm not oh, thinking of no. anybody. No, no. It's a question. The, the reverse is actually. I've had a lot of sex with people whose names I can't remember. Remember. <laughs> And that's not because there wasn't great sex. It was because of the poor memory. So, Dawn, what is your favorite thing about a quickie? Oh, the intenseness of it. So usually it's intense. So a quickie is usually uh, one of the people, usually the guy, in in my case, is is very, very horny and, Mm -hmm. and knows I'll be receptive and throws me over something and does a quickie. <laughs> I'm, I'm so with you. I, that I is... like it. I like the intenseness. I like that we don't have to do the whole eye contact thing, which is fabulous when mm-hmm. it's done, and that's the intent. But, man, there's just sometimes it's animalistic and primal and fuck me now. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes when we have sex, it's about 
you and your pleasure. Sometimes when we have sex, it's about us right. and, and our pleasure. Uh, and sometimes we have sex when it, it, and it's about me and my pleasure. Quickies are about me and my pleasure. Mm-hmm. In, in, at least in the experience and you gain from it as well oh, yeah. or so you've told me but mm-hmm. primarily <laughs> the uh, fun part for me is just that it's about me it's the quick bam and mm-hmm. I'm done and I'm pulling out and I'm going to sleep oh if you want to get off get off I don't care yeah you but know? I like it I, I just like yeah that it's so hot and horny and must have it now and yeah <laughs> So this is a very interesting question. Well, I'm trying so hard not to I, look. And I, I don't know what, um, this could be actually be saved for a question of the day or something, I think. Okay, well, we um, can try it and maybe talk about it later. What is the most sexually daring thing you've ever done? Ooh, sexually daring? I've done a lot of sexually daring stuff. Uh, I've still got things in mind that I want to do. So... Thinking of as a teenager, mm-hmm. sexually daring was um, fucking the boyfriend in the bay inlet near his home. Okay. So there's like people around on the beach. We're in the water, right? And we're hugging above water <laughs> <laughs> and not and hugging very closely underneath the water so that's kind of cool right mm-hmm. um other daring stuff so 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 how are you defining sexually daring in this are you saying most likely to get caught not necessarily okay not necessarily because that one was daring because that was uh, could get caught um the other one i was thinking of was the attempted dp right so that was at a swing club. We're playing kind of, sort of, in the social room. Somebody asks if he can pulls up a chair and watch, and he does. Mm-hmm. And then boyfriend's like, so what do you think? And I'm like, well, it's like now or never. I don't know when other opportunities are going to pop up. So I lean over to the guy and say, hey, we're thinking about a DP. Would you like to participate? Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's daring as well, right? Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, so that's one. Um Good Lord, you and I have done amazing things. We've taken people back. What about just when you and I, um, I don't know if it's is sexually daring, but it could have been when we saw a really hot BBW woman in a restaurant mm-hmm. and we wrote her a note. Mm-hmm. And then as we're leaving the restaurant, we go deliver the note to her when her friend gets up to yeah. go to the bathroom. And... Um, we went and introduced ourselves and gave her the note with our phone number on it and said, if you're interested, call us. So to me, that's sexually daring as well, sure. right? yeah. On a different level. So the scenes we've done in dungeons. I'm uh, just going to go. There's plenty of stuff that we've done, and depending on how you define sexually daring, I'm just going to go with this. Okay. Uh, anytime where I've had an orgasm in a car that's moving. Yeah, that's daring. That's yes. risky. That's the one I'm going to go with. Because mm, I haven't really done crazy, like, again, I think sexually daring, like, dangerous. Okay. You know, so, and that's the one I'm going to go with. Okay. And I think it's more about being vulnerable, I guess, with what it is, what you want, and taking risk. And we've, but we've done many of those. Many, many, many. Um, so there's that. Again, we're going through the 50 dirty questions. Really good, fun questions to talk about. Uh, we do want to mention really quickly that we are very grateful that Little Yoda, 
that's the way I'm pronouncing that, bought us a coffee <laughs> recently and said, what a really amazing show. It helps me a lot with my dirty job, dirty talk skills. Enjoy the coffee. And that's awesome. via, uh, somebody told us that there's this thing called coffee, K-O-F-I, or maybe it's Ko-Fi, where maybe you don't want to be a Patreon and member and get all of our special junk, but you just want to toss us a couple bucks so we can go get a cup of coffee. And that's exactly what Little Yoda did. Although I will say Little Yoda then became a Patreon member as well. So thank you twice. Awesome. 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 So I mentioned something sad that we had to mention. And this is part of the very fact that we've been going now 450 plus episodes. We're almost at 10 years doing this podcast. We're going to have to start planning for the 10th anniversary at some yeah, point. Yeah. Ooh, is that in like six months? A lot of times life happens and death happens and as time goes by for example if you go way back into the archives we did a interview with a guy named flag some years oh, yeah. ago and he passed since then mm-hmm. and um many of the people that we've talked about on the podcast that were part of our foundation as we grew in the lifestyle have passed since then um j and l and right. a variety of other people right um and then we recently found out that J, uh, J and L and JL. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yes. So a lot of people foundational to ours. Mm-hmm. Recently, we found out that bratty little slut and uh, her dominant DBIAB30 have passed away. And that's kind of, um, from our perspective, I don't know that we did not know them directly, mm-hmm. but they were um, on the little newsletter and they've subscribed. You know, they well, tossed us a question. She of the sent day. me. Um, we had we had just uh, talked. She had just sent me a link to her Pinterest board of tentacles, like oh, a week before the accident. Okay. So we had just mentioned them on the podcast. I don't even know if we had published it yet mm-hmm. before they were in the accident. So where right. they passed, yeah. So that kind of sucks. So I, you know, the and the other thing I want to mention about that it. Uh, if you just think about that one little tiny thing, right? She was looking forward to hearing her name on the podcast because she sent in some tentacles, right? That's the tiniest thing in the world. If you think about all the other things that she and her dominant were looking forward to, that they won't get to experience now, right? Mm-hmm. That's sad. But the, the positive to take away from, or the thing that I hope you, oh, listener, will take away from that is to look at your to-do list, your bucket list, and the people around you and who you want to play with and the experiences you want to try and having sex with people you don't know their name if that's something interesting to you and don't say i'll do it one day right Mm -hmm. to recognize and you and i have kind of been proponents of this to to recognize better today than um than maybe because it may not happen you know i hear you so great um so some sadness there, and we hope that their friends and actually other podcast listeners wrote us to let us know about that. We hope that their friends, if they're listening, um, do so, well. And so we would have to have mentioned them on the podcast. We would have to have mentioned uh, her on the podcast for our other podcast listeners oh, to let well, us know. So yeah, so hopefully she heard it. But um, but I hear you. You know, it's even like with the motorcycles, right? So you and I have the motorcycles. We were thinking we were getting too old, even though we'd always mm-hmm. talked about getting them. And I had a conversation with a woman the other day who was slightly older than me. And she's like, you're riding a motorcycle? Oh, one day, I hope to. And I'm like, uh, you do realize time is passing, right? Uh-huh. So 
go take that class. Even if you don't buy a bike, go take the class and see if it's something that you really want to do. She's like, oh, I don't know if I can. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what else to say, you know? So she's already older than I am. And and podcast listeners, I'm 51. I I need to embrace that. Yeah. (laughs) If if, if I was there, I would have said, look, as klutzy as Dawn is, she can learn to ride a motorcycle. Anybody can. Stop. I'm doing really well. Have you broke your toe lately by walking in anything? No. Good for you. Have you? No, but you do that all the time. You oh, knock your toe I out do. of joint. I do. I knock my little pinky toe out of joint. New subscribers to the newsletter <laughs> who are living their lives to the full by getting on the newsletter are I'll including send one out soon. <laughs> one day little Yoda in Australia mentioned a couple times today. Uh, Luna Knight eighty from Ohio. Stephanie from Michigan. Shuttermaster from Chicago. All Midwest Except places. for Little Yoda. No, that's Midwest Australia. Is it? <laughs> Dawn, did you know the Midwest Australia podcast is higher rated than Erotic Awakening? Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcast. Oh, I didn't let you say your you thing. You didn't let me say no, my thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Don't rate us. What do we care? Or whatever. There's your or other t- thing. I love my other thing. Or just tell your friends. <laughs> So we do have a difference between subs and slaves coming up in any moment now, um, which is good because we have the Poly Unconference in Columbus, Ohio, June 16th. Learn everything possible to learn about Poly and come in or a little, teach it. Come in a little early because the Poly Speed Dating is the Friday night before that. So Friday night's Poly Speed Dating here at the space. And then Saturday all day is the Poly Unconference at the space. Sure. So, you know, a, a weekend of Poly. And come have lunch with us or something. Since oh, you're absolutely. In Columbus anyway. We'll be around. So, Don, our topic of the day earlier, we were talking about should submissives or should slaves ever disobey. Right. Is one of the differences and the topic being what is the difference between a sub and a slave? And again, we're talking about from a power exchange viewpoint, not from a play viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And there are power exchange submissives up until yesterday. I had a power exchange, I had a collared submissive. So, uh, which we'll talk more about in a upcoming episode. Uh, not a bad thing at all. Uh, but what is that difference between a submissive and a slave? So, well, I actually get asked that a bit um, because I used to identify as a submissive and then identify it as a slave. Mm-hmm. And remember, this is, our definitions and mine and Dan's may even be a little different. I don't know. So I'll share with you what I think the difference is. And um, if you have a different opinion, feel free to share it with us. So, you know, I'm always up to other ideas and it may even shift my own a little bit. But um, for me, I figured out I was a slave when the, the switch had flipped. So as a submissive, as a begin at the beginning, you and I mm-hmm. started out DS light, mm-hmm. right? Every order you gave me, I was questioning myself. I was um, deciding to submit with everything that we did, right? So I would go in my head: Am I being codependent? Is this healthy? Is this blah blah blah? Is his order in my best interest? I was making the decisions for myself on which things I would submit to with you, mm-hmm. right? And then over time, I realized that I wasn't doing that anymore. 
that you were saying jump and I was jumping. You were saying doing do this and I would do that, you know, whatever it was. And it just struck me that somehow I had gained enough trust and faith in you and us Mm -hmm. that I just wasn't questioning it anymore. I knew it was healthy. I knew it was empowering me. I knew whatever you told me to do, you had my best interest at heart, Um, that if you messed up, you would take responsibility for it, blah, blah, blah. And it just feels like that switch flipped and I went from submissive, always questioning, to slave who had total faith in what it was that we were doing. And to me, that's kind of the difference simply because I lived it. So it wasn't that I was striving to be a slave. It wasn't a goal of mine, right? Um, It wasn't that I uh, was on a path of growth to slave, even though that's what happened. It wasn't an intention. So... That's pretty much where I'm at now, and Mm -hmm. I can actually say that I have a slave heart now. Mm -hmm. It is my desire to be slave to you. So, and I work from a place called Slave Heart. Um, Yeah, and it's just, that's the only way I know how to describe it with the thoughts that are in my head right now. And, And that's fantastic, and I don't have really anything to add to that. The only thing I would add to it is this idea, the concept uh, which is new for me of the collared submissive, mm-hmm. which is kind of a not a submissive and not a slave, you know. Um, and to me, that's the someone has made more of a dedication to these to the person, to the master in this case, but still doesn't necessarily have a slave heart, mm-hmm. and and is very focused and very uh, and maybe there's no difference between a sub and a slave from that or, an, or sorry sub and a collared submissive uh for me collared submissive just a little more formalized and that i do expect the same thing i expect from a slave in that i expect to be obeyed and um i expect a level of service when it comes specifically to me when we are directly interacting hmm i see that i was going to ask you a question but um, I didn't know if you wanted to save it for when we do a bigger podcast on it. What's the question? The question is, do you see it for um, the collared submissive that it's used as a tool for growth? Absolutely. Because I think when we first started, it was very oh, much about growth. And, and maybe that's, much, yeah, that maybe that's a big deal. The big if difference. Because be- if they don't have a slave heart or they don't have the intent for that or whatever, uh-huh. yeah, I could see it being used as a tool. Yeah, good call. Oh, I liked how your face lit up, though, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you're fine. That that just clicked wonderfully, and you explained it well. So, yeah, because like I said, both of us used that as a tool to begin with, the whole power exchange thing and as a way of growth. And because I would be scared to do things, so you could give me an order, and it would be about growth. It wasn't just about giving a blowjob in front mm-hmm. of people, though that's growth, too, because I wanted to be comfortable with that, and you knew that. So you used the power exchange as a way of growth for both mm-hmm. of us. You know, part of it is the, the recognition of a responsibility as well. As a collared submissive, I have a greater level of commitment and responsibility than I would to a, to a submissive, mm-hmm. to what I want, to, to that growth path, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't necessarily care if my submissive grows. I do from a 
because I like human beings growing, but I'm not driving them to grow. Right. I'm assisting them if they want assistance, but there's no driving behind it. Yeah. So once you collar them, there's a sense of responsibility and maybe even a little bit of ownership. Sure. Absolutely. With the collaring. So, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's the only way I know how to describe the difference between a submissive and a slave. And I know that, um, other people have different definitions, right? Um, for some people, slave might mean that I would never question you, mm-hmm. right? Slave could mean that I never take on a lot of the responsibilities that I take on here at the space and with our producing of events yeah. and with our... Don't wait. The list just appeared in my head, and I'm like, wait, I'm not going to go through the list yes. of everything we do. No, but that's, that's you know, no, I, I totally agree. Some people perceive that slave is you stay home and you're locked in a cage or, or you just you're, you stay home... And you have little to no um, freedom of self-expression and, mm-hmm. and, and, and self-direction. And we know people that have slaved like that before, right? I can remember um, when we ran cord, cords many, many years ago. And a power exchange couple came in to, to join the group and, mm-hmm. and join the roundtable. And it literally was, she was home all the time. She did not take care of him. He totally took care of her. She, she was the slave. Mm-hmm. And um, if he left for a business trip, he would have another dominant come in <laughs> and make sure that she ate. Yeah. And, you know, and things like that. And that's a bit. That's a bit different. Sure. Okay. And I remember looking at you going, oh, I don't think I can be a slave. I have no interest in giving up that much. Right. Whatever it is. You know, and um, you looked at me and said, don't worry, <laughs> you'll have stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. Nor do I have time to micromanage. Right. You know, hey, it's it's noon, go eat something. Right. So, But we do know someone that was offered a, um, a possibility of being on a boat, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And they would be in a cage in the boat until they were let out and totally for the enjoyment of the dominant. And this submissive slash slave was um, totally considering it. It's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I don't know. But, yeah, if you've got thoughts of how you define it, like I said, feel free to send it in. If, if what and, I've said doesn't speak to you. And this is why a lot us. of people end up where the terminology of property owner mm-hmm. and littles and all the different um, dynamic of power exchange come in because people don't like, you know what? That definition just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So let's see what else there is out there. So, which is perfectly acceptable. Who are we to judge? Nope. And there is actually a little book out there with definitions that was written. And it couldn't give the book away. So go buy Living yeah. MS instead and use our definitions. Thank our latest Patreon and Ko-Fi supporters. Anita, Aaron, Andre, Nicholas, John, Andy, Karen, Artistic Penguins, William, Trover, Deidrea, Tammy, Silver, Adam, Jonathan, Zachary, Ernest, Mold Pleasures, Keith and Loretta, Sarah, Daryl, Catherine, Christy, Rachel, Cam, Jaden, Yvonne, Kelsey, Lilu, Wolfgang. All recent supporters on Patreon and Ko-Fi. Thank you. 
Our end music is provided by Pocket Universe, and the song is Whim. Our official EA Twatter currently is Andy. The person we've seen most recently is Mike and Tammy at PXS. The current sender of tentacles is Braddy Little Slut. Aww. The provider of graphic novels is Johnny Jackhammer and the Good Witch of the North of the Sequential Sex Podcast. And the official food that goes on boobs is a banana at PXS on boobs. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dan. Thank you.